Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From Equity Mates Media, welcome to The Dive. American healthcare is a mess. It doesn't matter what your political persuasion is. It's not really in dispute. Successive presidents have spent plenty of political capital trying to improve it. We share a common goal, making health care more affordable and accessible for all Americans. Hello, Senator Sanders. I'm drawn to your plan for universal health care. Let's give Medicare the power to save hundreds of billions of dollars by negotiating lower drug prescription prices. But while the politicians keep talking, prices keep rising. And surprisingly, it's a celebrity billionaire with a TV career who's working on a solution. Move over Donald Trump. Mark Cuban, an early pioneer of internet streaming, owner of the Dallas Mavericks NBA team, and Shark on the TV show Shark Tank, one of my favourites, has entered the healthcare space with a company that carries his name, Mark Cuban's Cost Plus Drugs. Now, putting your name on a company sounds like a little bit of a vanity project, But the early results are pretty incredible. Cuban's company is offering more than 700 medications at steep discounts to rival pharmacies, and it's saving patients real money. The goal is to f*** up the pharmacy industry. I'm sorry for my language, right? It's Wednesday, the 29th of June, and today I want to know, how is a television star, sports-owning celebrity billionaire solving the problem of American healthcare costs? To do this... I'm joined by my colleague and the co-founder of Equity Mates. It's Alec Renahan. Alec, welcome back to the dive. Thanks, Sasha. Great to be back and exciting episode to be back for. I am so keen to get into this with you. It's a problem, as I outlined, that no company, politician, or entrepreneur has ever been able to solve for decades. Before we even get started on how Mark Cuban Cost Plus Drugs operates, gosh, that's such a mouthful. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Let's discuss the impact. Tell me about the land before time, the land before Mark Cuban Cost Plus Drugs. Well, wherever you are in the world, you know that American healthcare costs are out of control. As, as you said in your intro, successive presidents have tried to tackle the issue. There's been so much reporting about the issues of American healthcare costs. The world knows it's a problem. It's hard to say what healthcare and medicine should cost. Pharmaceutical companies spend billions of dollars on research and development, and they need to see a return on those investments to continue investing and continue research new treatment. But that being said, America is just out of control. A poll from September last year found that 18 million Americans reported being unable to afford at least one doctor-prescribed medication in the previous three months. 18 million Americans, Sasha. So when we measure just how out of control American healthcare costs are, we can sort of look at it maybe in two ways. The price growth over the past few years, and then the comparative price to other countries. So price growth, drug spending in the United States jumped by 76% between 2000 and 2017. So prices almost doubled. Well, overall spend almost doubled. And it's partly because America is just rampantly, shamelessly 
capitalist and in in healthcare like in everything and that story is really exemplified by Martin Scrichelli. Do you remember him? I don't. Can you remind me? <laughs> thank you, Brian. And Martin Scrichelli joins us now from the NASDAQ. He's the CEO of Touring Pharmaceuticals. Martin, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. So mid-2010s, like 2015, his hedge fund bought the maker of Daraprim, which is a drug for HIV patients uh, needed to survive. Uh, at that stage, the drug was $17.60 a pill. He raised it to $750 a pill. Now, you guys have said that the reason you increased this price so much after acquiring the drug was in order to do the research and development to develop a better version of Daraprim. I just got off the phone with an HIV doctor who told me they don't need a better version of this drug. What are you doing here? Yeah, that's not true. Uh, I remember this. There's a great Dirty Money episode on this on Netflix, right? Yeah, there is. There is. He ended up in jail, not specifically related to that, but American healthcare is incredibly capitalist and we see that in the price rise the other way we see that is in the comparative price that american consumers pay to the rest of the world americans pay almost fourteen hundred dollars per capita for medication no other country pays over a thousand dollars so well outstripped there a rand corporation study found that the u.s consumer pays 2.56 times the price of medication compared to a basket of 32 other nations. These researchers also found that total drug spending, total medication spending across the OECD, $795 billion. The US accounts for 58% of that spend, but just 24% of the volume of drugs. So they account for more than half the spend but less than a quarter of the consumption. And that's what I find the most interesting in the comparative price because, you know, you said 2.56 times the price compared to other nations. It's not like the American flu is 2.56 times more fluy than the Australian flu. So that's when you really start to see the comparison kind of blow out. I mean, that was not a very eloquent analogy, but there you go. <laughs> no, it, you may, it's a good point. <laughs> so the US is paying more for the same medication that the rest of the world is. And we know that because most OECD nations have single-payer healthcare, like the UK's NHS, and then there's price controls on many drugs like Australia's PBS. So that's the world pre-Mark Cuban cost plus drugs. Tell me about the world we're living in now that this company has started. Well, Sasha, I had a look at Cost Plus website. We're going to stop calling it Mark Cuban Cost Plus Drugs. And it is pretty incredible. Imatinib, a cancer drug, $2,503 for 30 pills. Cost Plus is selling it for $14. Abasavir, an HIV drug, retails for $1,096. Cost Plus is selling it for $58. Albendazole, a drug to treat tapeworm infections, retails for $6,565. Cost Plus is selling it for $453. This leukemia medication goes for about $2,000 at many pharmacies. Cuban's company sells it for as low as $17.10. Even at the less extreme end, a diabetes drug, metformin, retails for $20. But Cost Plus is selling it for $3.90. That's just extraordinary, those numbers. Those gaps are mind-blowing. But Sasha, perhaps the best feedback is anecdotal. Uh, we found a Wall Street Journal video explaining Cost Plus drugs, and the comments underneath it were pretty incredible. So let me read a few of them out to you. 
CVS was charging my father $114 for his cholesterol medication under his new insurance. Mark Cuban had the lowest price of any retailer for that medicine at $16.70. Thank you, Mark Cuban. I went from $456 to $33 a month for my medication. Recent prescription with insurance was going to cost $1,000 plus for a three-month supply. Through Cost Plus, it became $90. I'm so glad I heard about it. My meds were almost 500 bucks. I get them at 60 now. Patients want the medication they need at the lowest possible price. Period. End of story. These are incredible cost savings for millions of Americans who take these drugs. Yeah, it's not often that you kind of feel emotional about a business story, but this is one where I would say that you don't have a heart if you don't feel like get some goosebumps at some point of reading those messages. So I guess the big question then is how, how is he doing it? How are they able to price drugs so much lower than before? I mean, we hear about retail markups, but that price of like $6,000 to 500-ish, like that's just blows my mind. Yeah, pricing of medication in America is a really complicated mess. Pharmaceutical companies, the uh, insurance companies, pharmacy benefit managers, and then the pharmacies themselves. Rather than trying to work through this complicated mess, Cost Plus Drugs has tried to sidestep it. For example, they don't work with insurance companies that because they don't want to negotiate prices or take minimum prices from insurance companies. So it means that uh, they can't take insurance uh, to buy drugs on the system. You have to buy them in cash. But all Cost Plus Drugs is doing is going directly to the manufacturers, cutting out all those middlemen and negotiating prices directly. Then they add 15%, a $3 handling fee and a $5 delivery fee, and that's it. Our approach at Cost Plus Drugs, which is we'll show you our actual cost, we'll mark it up 15%, We'll add $3 pharmacy handling fee and $5 shipping, and that's all you ever pay. That simplification and, and transparency has really had an impact. It's also worth noting, and we laugh about the fact that it's Mark Cuban, Cost Plus Drugs, but they're not spending a cent on advertising or marketing, and they're relying completely on word of mouth. So on one hand, you might say calling it Mark Cuban, Cost Plus Drugs, is a bit of a vanity project, but it also helps get the media attention. It's got us talking about it today. So again, it's also a cost-saving measure, I guess. The goal is to be very transparent, and that's exactly what we do. And that transparency, we think, is our most effective marketing. It reminds me of that classic Jeff Bezos line, your margin is my opportunity. And it seems like in American healthcare, there's plenty of margin. <laughs> well, I was going to say, if anyone from Mark Cuban's team wants to reach out and sponsor this episode, you know, we're not too proud to say we'll take it. <laughs> we have tried to get him on for this episode. As you can see, it's me, not him. So we were unsuccessful. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll do a part two if he agrees to come on. So it just sounds like, as you said, America is shamelessly capitalist. And this just sounds like They've put that shamelessly capitalist uh, brains to use and found, as you said, the Jeff Bezos line, your margin is my opportunity, way to disrupt the market. Yeah, for decades, it's been seen as a political problem. But I think the impressive thing with this story is Cuban and his team have approached it purely as a business problem. If capitalism is the cause, then capitalism can be the cure, Sasha. It just makes me wonder, there's been so many smart people who want to make money in the last century, why it's taken so long for someone to to act. So let's chat about that after the break. And then let's also look at some of the criticisms and how the broader healthcare industry has responded. 
Welcome back to The Dive. We are talking about, promise it's the last time, Mark Cuban's Cost Plus Drugs. Full title for the for the intro back to the second half. Before the break, Alec, you were explaining how the company was able to offer drugs at such a huge discount. But there's a big caveat here. It is not every drug. This is not the miracle cure that's coming in to revolutionize everything. Some of the most expensive and desperately needed drugs are still not available. And two that are frequently discussed and affect a lot of people are insulin and EpiPens. Yeah, that's right, Sasha. Uh, 30 million Americans have diabetes and about 31% of that group take insulin, manage the condition, and prices of insulin have gone crazy over the past decade. They've risen between 15 and 17% a year. A year? Yeah. Uh, Affordability is such a big challenge that a recent study found that one in four people who use insulin in America ration it to save money. Similarly, EpiPens, They've also skyrocketed in price. In 2007, the cost of a set of two auto-injectors, $94. Today, that's over $700. And in this first part of this episode, Sasha, we spoke about how we can compare American healthcare prices to other countries. Well, an EpiPen in America costs 10 times more than in other countries. But this is also where the shortcomings of cost plus drugs become clear. If it's not a generic medication, if it's a you know IP patent protected medication that one pharmaceutical company can make, they struggle to get a good price on that. And if it's a really complicated medicine to make, like an insulin or an EpiPen, and there's not a lot of competition, there's not a lot of supply, they can also struggle to get a cheaper price. You have to do the deals with all the manufacturers. And there are manufacturers who are afraid to work with us because they're afraid they'll lose those big pharmacy benefit managers who are doing a lot of business with them. So we have to overcome that hurdle. When it comes to a generic medication, when there's a number of manufacturers and they can negotiate good prices, Cost Plus's model excels. So essentially you're saying the manufacturer has to be part of this equation. They have to play ball. And in both of those instances, and for some of the most in-demand drugs, or as you said, those that are still patented, the manufacturer just doesn't have that incentive to play ball or reduce their prices. Yeah, that's exactly right. When the price is high because of all the middlemen, the insurance companies, the pharmaceutical benefits managers, uh, Cuban's model cuts the middlemen out, reduces cost. But when the drug price is high because of the manufacturer, because they have IP protection, because they have no competition, there's not a lot you can do to reduce the price. In the long term, Mark Cuban's Cost Plus Drugs, I know we said we'd stop saying it, (laughs) but they're also looking to build their own manufacturing facilities in Texas. So then they can introduce competition into markets where there perhaps isn't some at the moment. But that's further down the line. Right now, this is about working with the manufacturers rather than competing against them. Okay, so it sounds like there is a long-term vision there and we've recognised that there's some shortcomings in the short term, just to use those words together. But um, let's revisit my question from the break. Why hasn't this happened before? It has in some ways in different forms. Cost Plus isn't alone in trying to fix America's healthcare problems with an entrepreneurial spirit rather than a political spirit? It basically, it has been tried before, but typically what happens, entrepreneurs like myself will build up the companies, the equivalent of a costplusdrugs.com, and then the big PBM, the big pharmacy benefit managers or the big insurance companies, they'll buy them. 
but I, I've been incredibly blessed um, in that my next dollar is not going to change my life. There are other companies, startups, and not-for-profits working on this problem at the moment. Companies like GoodRx and Single Care are some of the bigger names in the America at the moment. There's a not-for-profit, uh, Civica Rx, that does essentially the same thing for hospitals rather than for patients. Uh, they sell to about 1,400 hospitals and give an average saving of about 30%. So there are other businesses, other startups, other not-for-profits employing a similar model, cutting out the middleman. But the presence of Mark Cuban on Mark Cuban Cost Plus Drugs certainly gets the media attention and it has very quickly become the biggest name in this space. So let's go back to what I said earlier. We know there's a long-term vision there. What could it look like in a couple of years? Yeah, so a recent study from the Harvard Medical School found that Medicare, which is America's government healthcare provider, uh, could have saved over $3.5 billion in 2020 alone by mirroring the pricing strategy that Cost Plus is using. The study found that the government, Medicare, is essentially overpaying for many generic drugs and could save billions if they just went to Cost Plus's website. Now, $3.5 billion, hard to contextualize. It would have saved over a third of the government's budget for drugs, 37% saving on their $9.6 billion budget to buy medication. Cuban, always the entrepreneur, uh, tweeted out to Joe Biden and said, have your people call my people and let's get it done. I don't know if Biden's going to make that call, though. <laughs> I'm not sure how much time Biden spends on Twitter. Like, I'm sure he has people who are, who are monitoring his social channels for him. But really, if Cost Plus Drugs was buying drugs on behalf of the government, the ultimate question is, why doesn't America just follow most other developed nations and have the government negotiate directly their prices with the drug makers and have the government buy them rather than have the government buy them from Mark Cuban's Cost Plus Drugs. We honestly have to stop saying that name. We do, <laughs> but we've almost made it to the end of the episode. So <laughs> let's just keep saying it. Look, I think um, it is the ultimate point. Almost every OECD nation has some form of government negotiation or government price control or government subsidy. Will the Americans do it? That's not a question for us. We're not wading into that debate. Mark Cuban isn't wading into that debate, at least until he runs for president in a few years. I think this is a great step in the right direction. But as we've covered, Sasha, it's not the final step on this journey of sorting out American healthcare costs means we'll have more content in the future. Absolutely. And I think the takeaway for me here is sometimes a capitalist problem has a capitalist solution. Love that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's leave it on that note. Thanks so much for joining us for today's edition of The Dive. If there's a story that you want us to talk about, then contact us at thedive at equitymates.com or follow us on any of the social media channels. A huge shout out to the fact that we've got a new Instagram. Alec, what's the handle? <laughs> uh, at thedive.businessnews. Awesome. So we'll also link that in the show notes. And also remember to rate and review us in your favorite podcast app. I've seen a few great reviews come through. Warmed the cockles of my cold heart, but we're always welcoming more. Scroll down to the bottom, give us five stars and write some notes there. And subscribe so every time there's a new episode, it's right there for you the moment it drops. Thanks so much for joining me today, Alec. Great topic. Thanks, Sasha. Until next time. Thank you.
The Dive is a product of Equity Mates Media. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the hosts of The Dive acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. The hosts of The Dive are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast.